Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey guys, let me get you off to the right start on your online dating journey. And it is going to be a journey. Boy, do I promise you that. But do you want that journey to be a little less painful? Well, go to kristencarney.com slash dating help and I can help make that possible. I can help power up your dating profile. I can help fine tune your banter skills, which will take you to the next level and get you the girl that you want. So go to kristencarney.com slash dating help. That's kristencarney.com slash dating help. Want to know the hidden meaning behind what women say and do? Then check out The Chictionary. It's the Wing Girl Methods manual that gives you a full rundown of all the things women say that confuse men written in dictionary format. Go get a copy of The Chictionary by going to winggirlmethod.com slash chick. That's winggirlmethod.com slash chick. Coming up on this week's episode of the Ask Women podcast, we have another female dating coach for men on our show, and we are going to dive into the female brain, which I know doesn't sound very sexy, but we're going to tell you why that brain is attracted to men and how it works and how you make that brain be more attracted to you. So keep listening. Welcome to another episode of the Ask Women podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Kristen Carney, a comedian and dating coach here with Marnie Kinress, owner of winggirlmethod.com. And we have Apollonia Ponti, who is also a dating coach and is a pro and knows what she's talking about. And so, I mean, we always have pros on the show, but um, <laughs> because we just taped with a, with a help a brother out, it's like... Um, You're you like know. someone who didn't know what they were talking yeah, about. Yeah, exactly. Right. So we and, have an, a, some, someone who does. Oh, and she's a woman, which is wonderful. Uh, Apollonia, thank you so much for being on our show. We are going to dive into the female brain today with you, but I'd love if you could just tell our listeners some of your backstory about why you're doing what you're doing and how you know everything that you know. Of course. No problem. Thanks so much for having me on the show as well. I'm so happy to be here with you ladies. So a little bit about my backstory. I mean, obviously this can be the longest story ever because what girl does not like to talk about herself? Right. <laughs> totally. <laughs> but I'm how going we to... we do it in three minutes? <laughs> <laughs> I'm definitely sum this up. I know how it works. Yeah. Um, so as a young age, I mean, this is something I was literally called to do at such a young age. Um, since the day I could understand like really what love was, I believe at the age of eight, I would constantly really... How did you know what it was at eight? I still don't know what it is. I'm 36. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're the time. Get out of bed and maybe you'll figure out what it means. True. Yeah. And unfortunately for me, I had a mother and father that got a divorce at a young age. So I saw them be happy and then sad. So I was always wondering like, why does love bring so much anger and then so much joy? So it was a calling of mine, like very, very young. And then when I got into, oh, and by the way, in high school, I used to sneak 
in my room and listen to Dr. Ruth until like three o'clock in the morning and have to wake up at six o'clock to go to school. Like who does that? Really? You know, yes. meet a lot of people. I see a lot of people, but that's, that's really, really interesting. Oh my God. Yeah. Yes. Well, Dr. Ruth is amazing. My mom actually just saw her in a play. Um, oh. she, she's absolutely. Wait, she's not a, dead? No. No. So I'm just saying like my mom loves that stuff too. So she, like Dr. Ruth is app, she's like a God, I think. So I don't think that's strange yeah. at all. Kristen's like, I mean, that lady taught me up. so much. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that taught me so much, you know? So anyways, going into my adult teen years, I was always a girl that didn't have trouble getting men. Like I, I don't say this in a cocky way, but it's just like, it was something that always naturally came to me. And I would always be, I I knew that I wanted to do something in the realm of relationships and love. At that time, I didn't know what it was. And I would just go on dates and I would just be like, gosh, only if this guy knew, you know, if he did this one thing, right. If he knew that what I wanted, or if he said this one thing, like he could have took that next move. He could have been my boyfriend, you know? Um, yeah. So I've lived a lifestyle where I was able to, you know, not only educate myself, but be in as a woman and just say, gosh, men just, if they just knew this one thing, he could have probably just been my boyfriend, you know? So I went into that and I was thinking at that time, um, I was thinking I was going to coach women and I started coaching women a little bit. And then I started coaching men and I noticed how effective I was because I'm very black and white. I'm very, I go in no matter what I, I give you real honest answers. And I noticed with women, it didn't really work out too well, you know? Um, Mm -hmm. And also I noticed with men, it worked out so much better. And I was able to get so much more results with them. um, Yeah, that's what I find as well. Because I used my own experience. Mm -hmm. And that's what got me here. You know, I started doing speeches a lot all over the world and in Europe, in the United States, launched YouTube. Um, First, I had the blog that I recreated, which was high in SEO, and then the YouTube. And now I'm here with you, ladies. (laughs) That is fantastic. You know what? It is funny. Uh, Yes, (laughs) exactly. It's all all downhill from here, trust me. (laughs) I mean, this is low though, but so maybe it's all uphill from here. But I was going (laughs) to say to you, it's interesting. I I, I have a similar background. And then... I find it's similar with coaching women as well, that men are more responsive. But it's funny because you were saying if men just knew this one thing, they could have been in a relationship with me. Do you think it's it's kind of the same thing in terms of your coaching with women? That like so what what it are these one things that are this one thing that that you've noticed that has women not be so responsive, but then also uh, like, are they connected in some way? Sorry that I'm like talking too much, but I'm trying to say, are those things connected in, in, in the way that women aren't as responsive to coaching, but that they could be as responsive if a man were to do things to, to them? Am I making any sense? Let me see. So the question might be, is, tell me if I'm wrong. Is, is, the there question, a cor- is there a correlation there about like maybe why they were so difficult to coach and they were unresponsive? Do you think in any way that that's tied to if men just knew this one thing? Like, is it the same kind of communication style that you're talking about? Like, is there something there? I'm trying to draw a correlation and maybe there isn't one, but I wonder if there's something, something there and like why you, why you like coaching men. Um, and then maybe why women are not so responsive and maybe it is tied to 
I think it's really to deal with, I, I, I don't think so. I think it's just really all about me and how I work. Um, and really, I think it's just the universe or faith, whatever we want to call it, that's aligned for me to coach men, right? Um, it's just a feeling that I got. I think with women, it was more, you know, details, more emotions, more this. And with men, it's more like, all right, let's get to the chase. Let's cut to the point. Here's your action plan. Let's do this. I'm going to tell you what to say. Here's what she's thinking. What do you think about this? And what can you do moving forward? It's more action oriented with coaching women. It was more emotional oriented, not to say that I can't do that because I definitely can. I'm a woman, but it takes a lot of, it takes a different type of energy. And I think the other to allude to maybe the two part question you were asking I think, um, was with men. I don't know what I was asking. No, yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> with, with men, I think that's one thing to sum it up too that I see a lot of, and this kind of puts us into like the female brain and how we operate when it comes to attraction and things like that, not being sure of themselves. Like a woman can feel when a man is not sure of himself. He can, doesn't even have to say anything. Like just in his body language and how he carries himself, a woman can feel that instantly. And a lot of men... Sometimes they do know that, but sometimes they don't know that and what that truly means. Interesting. Okay, so go into the, the female brain. Like how, how are women able to recognize this so easily compared to men? So one of the biggest thing is in women that is really large and is more active, about 70 to 80% more active than it is in men is the insula, right? So our insula is in the front, the, close to our prefrontal cortex of our brain. And this is the center that processes processes intuition and gut feelings. Okay. So even though men have this, they do, but women have this as something that's instant and comes off right away, right? So it's the feeling okay. that we get. It's the gut, the intuition that I'm sure you ladies can recognize that you've had before. Um, and also too, women are very observant, but different observers of how men are, right? So in regards to men... Men are very visual. We men like that saying love at first sight, you know, that saying love at first sight. Well, it was invented back in the days from actually it came from men. It was actually a definition of why men fall in love so easily is because they typically act off of what they vision, what they see. They They fall in love with what they see. Yeah. Because it's called in the brain of a man, it's called the, what is called? Amygdala. Amygdala. Uh, Yeah, thank you. So that is the, you know, prefrontal cortex of the brain, but it's also larger where it's right behind the eyes, like the visual aspect of a man, right? So then alluding to like how women see, women see men as based off of like intuition, how they carry themselves. We pick up on feelings. We see feelings and men see more of the visual. And this is, I'm talking about in the first interaction or the first or second date type of type of thing here. Hey guys, I'm back. Interesting. Just, okay. just an FYI. Yeah, sorry. Kristen okay. had to reload her computer. But yeah, so, so uh, Apollonia is telling us all about the male and female brain, which I think is fascinating. So are you saying that women like literally can look at you and they're not actually, they're not just actually seeing what's in front of them. Um, they're seeing about five different things that are in front of them that result in a feeling within them. Yes, 100%. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so can men alter how that woman feels about them just by changing a few subtle things about themselves? 
Yes, exactly. And that's what alludes to attraction. And that's why we talk so much about, you know, you and I, I'm sure I've, I've seen a lot of your videos where you talk about attraction. And that's what alludes to attraction is a man that can master his attraction. And the biggest point in just attraction overall, I, I believe the number one thing and how a man can become a master attractor is if he carries himself with dignity. And dignity is a lot about who you are as a person, right? A man that has what I call a high EI, which is emotional intelligence, right? So aware and in control of his emotions, and but is, it a, is aware enough to be respectful and compassionate, but also puts himself, like we say, like I say all the time, on a pedestal, right? Doesn't downplay women, but also is like shows up and is like talking to a woman possibly and saying, all right, coming from the way of the approach or the mindset of, let me see what you can offer me. Let me see what you're all about too. Where it's not where we're just making a decision based on the visual aspects of how a woman looks and she's a 10 and I want to be with her. But yet, what can she offer you? Right? Because if we... uh I was just going to say, I was going to say, oh, it was just going to say, you say what you're going to say. Okay. (laughs) Okay. uh, uh, It's so crazy to me that men can't see intuition the way we do because it's almost like we have the sense of smell, men have the sense of smell and saying that they don't have the sense of intuition or feeling or vibe feels so foreign to me because it just feels like a nose that I smell with. It's just another sense and it's just bizarre mm-hmm. they don't have that or most of them They don't. do have that. Yeah, but men do, do have that. But They're not, not the attuned to it. Do, right. Well, they do. They're just, they don't have to use it as often as we do. I, I think... We we have very uh, very similar makeups, but I think that uh, females are much more pro, uh, are more programmed in life and socially to learn how to utilize and use their intuition more. So I I yeah, so men act, absolutely have it. They just don't lean on it as much as we do. Exactly, it's like our shield, you know. Mm-hmm. Like it's like the shield when you if you think about like when you go into war, what do you what do you do? What's your armor? What protects you for women? So really, our intuition. Yeah, but I think what Apollonia is talking about when she talks about dig- dignity is actually opening up a man's eyes to his intuition mm-hmm. instead of just being blinded by what he sees in front of him. So how how do men gain this dignity? How do they gain the emotional intelligence that you're talking about? And obviously that's like a long-winded answer, but what are the beginning stages to forming this for themselves? Oh gosh, so much as you know. So I think I'm a big, big believer in educating yourself in every aspect of life. Like if you are going to, you know, do investments, if you want to start trading, if you want to start, you know, couponing, if that's still a thing, you know, you educate yourself on these things, right? But what we don't educate ourselves on is like love and relationships. And this is what the world is missing. And that's why I'm so driven by the line of work that I do. So I think number one is a man that educates himself on his own personal development, his own purpose, um, and his own goals. So a lot of high quality women, and typically those are the women that men want, don't want a man that is not aligned with his purpose or doesn't have any goals in life because a high quality woman typically is and typically knows herself and possibly and hopefully has invest in herself as well as, as far as personal development. So I think in regards to a man, it's really about investing in themselves 
in regards to what's going to make them successful doesn't mean that they have to have the fattest wallet, but also what's going to make them successful where they're comfortable. Because with men, if their finances are not right, they're not confident because we can take that back to, you know, old, old times where, you know, you know, two or three decades ago, you know, the men carried the household and somewhat into the modern day stages that we're living in, it's still inherited in men. Right. So with that said, I think that that's one. And then number two is investing in understanding women and relationships and understanding themselves. Right. So there's so many great books out there, podcasts like these, um, YouTube videos and things like that. And I think it starts with the investment because a lot of times, like for instance, a lot of my clients, um, I've noticed just in general, they come to me because they want to understand how women operate and how to get that high quality woman. And they do they actually come to you saying, how do I get a high quality woman? Or are they saying, how do I get a hot woman? And is there Um, a difference? Actually, they really, they don't say, how do I get a hot woman? I mean, that's happened obviously, but the more they just like, how can I find someone that I can trust? Basically, how do I stop attracting unavailable women? So opposite of that is typically a high quality woman, right? So alluding to what I was saying a little bit is just like a lot of times it's not even men, it's women too. We operate on love of how we were learned as a child sometimes or a past relationship. So if we came from a divorced family or abusive family, sometimes that can be inherited in us in our new stage and our development of adulthood. And if we don't take the chance to retrain our subconscious mind on how relationships can affect us and what exactly what we want and have the idea of what love truly can be and how it can impact you, then if we don't invest in that, then we can't get it. So it's a lot about like personal development, untangling, understanding who you are, being driven on a purpose. I think those are the main core factors before I continue to ramble on about this. <laughs> yeah, no, I think I think that you're making really good points. What I'm hearing you say is that a man has to be himself first before he can open himself up to a woman. If he wants to be getting somebody of equal quality at the same level, whatever it is, in a different in, in a league that he hopes to be in, whatever it is, he has to be in that same space and that same realm as well to get mm-hmm. what he wants. Um, so we have some questions from some some listeners that I'm hoping you can help us answer. Are you open to it? Of course. I would okay. love to. Okay, good. Okay. I have been listening to your podcast for some time now. And from what I gather, it's the man's personality that matters to women. But I hear one statement from most women all the time. I do not date short guys. Like it's their motto. I'm 5'4". I get flaked on just for this reason. Most, but not all the time to the extent that they go a little too far. As one lady said, she feels sorry for my future kids. I watch Mm -hmm. interviews with women and most of them, 80% both tall and short. Me too. Mm -hmm. That's horrible. Um, 80% both tall and short women say a short guy is a no-no for them. They say it with all seriousness. I've also heard another PUA say height does really matter because of protection and masculine and figure that women want from men. I watch uh, your videos, Marnie, and I listen to your podcast and I've learned a lot from it. I would kindly appreciate your response on this matter. Thanks. Ayo. Ayo. That's a cool name. Yes. I like that name. Ayo. I like that name. Ayo. Sure, but a cool name. It's fine. I feel like he should be in the Hunter Games, that movie. It's one of my favorite movies, actually. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) The Hunger Games. Hunger Games, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's so funny that you mentioned the Hunger Games because I haven't heard that in so long. And for some reason, um, 
I was looking up Jennifer, whatever her name is, and like saw Lawrence, that movie. Uh-huh. Yeah, and I'm like, oh, I want to watch that movie again. Um, and then it popped up like three more times where I saw Hunger Games. And obviously you just mentioned it now, so I have to go back and watch that movie. Um, but tell me about oh, Short Man. Have you ever dated a short man? Yeah, so I wanted to actually share a personal story about this. And then now the history of working with, a, you know, and hearing this a lot too, because it's really a big question that is also asked a lot in our industry along, as well as money, you know. So when I was in my 20s, when I was in my self-discovery stage, when I was literally, and I hate to admit this, kind of just having fun with men and then using them to my advantage and seeing how far I can get with them. Yeah. Um, no. Isn't I that just your 20s? Short men. Yeah, because I was in my self-discovery stage. And that's, that's what, what I tell a lot like, of men that's, too. That's your 20s. That's what you're supposed to do during that time. Explore exactly. and experience. So it's fine. Exactly. And that's why I give like a lot of clients homework too. It's homework is also for men is like, understand like just because a woman is in front of you doesn't mean she's the right match. Like you have to understand where she is in life and what type of woman she is. Right. So in my twenties, I was like, I'm not going to date short guys. I'm going to probably take this private jet over here and here. You know, it wasn't like, it wasn't something that I would even want to entertain at that time because I had a lack of maturity. I wasn't educated, but yet like I would want them to be my friends because I always had this compassionate gene in me. I wasn't just like a total B-I-T-C-H, you know? Yeah. And I would still not want to escalate sexually with a guy like that just because visually is what I was attracted to and having fun. And plus, I didn't really know myself. But then... I I know, this is, this is a nice way of saying it, but basically you weren't attracted to short men. It wasn't your thing. You exactly. didn't think it was attractive <laughs> and you weren't into it. Okay. So that's, that's an honest response. Mm-hmm. And, and, and at 25 and older, you know, when I get to 28, I noticed I wanted something more sustainable. You know, I wanted, I was, I got my heart broken a couple times falling for toxic, you know, getting into toxic relationships. And I noticed that I had to clean up my act, you know, and which, you know, at that time, also, I started giving men chances that were actually very in tune with themselves, like the masculinity of a man. And some of those masculine traits were in short men, right? Being unapologetically honest, being assertive, being direct, planning ahead, courting me. And that's what I started to be attracted to. So I dated short men. I actually dated one of my ex-boyfriends was shorter than me. And it's because of how he carried himself and how he made me feel. Now, I mean, I see just my friends. I, you know, I have friends that are tall women and they date short guys because they're at a point in their life where they want something more sustainable. So my advice always to short men is just because you're short, show a woman what else you're working with, but also identify the woman in front of you because shame on that woman that said, I feel sorry for your future wife, because that's not the woman that we want men to ever procreate. Like, don't get me wrong, but procreate with if she feels that way, because what if she has a son that's short, you know, and there's always something behind an intent that someone is saying, right? So there's either pain or anger or something like that. So I'm going into off topic here, but 
I think with short men, a hundred percent, I don't, it's all in the way that you carry yourself. And I've seen so many short men being able to master (laughs) attraction and get so much women and kill the game out there. If that's what their intent is, it's about how you think about it. Right. I've been waiting for Kristen to chime in because there are so many places that I had short jokes that I could could have thrown in. Where, Kristen, where are you on these? one of my shortcomings that I don't make jokes about. Short. Oh, there you go. <laughs> no. Okay, so so what I'm hearing from you is that don't date women who are under 25 who are having fun and exploring. But they can and date super women under 25 kidding. inches. Right, exactly. <laughs> See, there you go. Where were these before? Well, um, I didn't want to interrupt. It's hard. You know, if we were in person, no. I'd give her the eyes to stop talking. And be, hey, let me make a joke. But, you know. Yeah, exactly. It's an insert comment here. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I, I love it because you're being really honest. You're basically saying like, sorry, when I was a little bit more superficial, I wasn't into that stuff. I wanted to have fun. I wanted to be with the prettiest, the best, the richest. And, and that is what does happen a lot when you're younger. And a lot of guys who are under the age of 25 who who and under the height of five foot five may not have the confidence yet um, to showcase other things about themselves. And I think like this guy, for example, when that woman said to him, like, you know, I feel bad for your kids, there could have been some like smart ass comment that he could have made that could have had her looking at him differently. Like, I think that when you have this belief system in yourself, you you take a lot from other people and then you try to please and please the women in front of you. Um, so that's always going to to backfire on you. My my point that I'm going to, and message that I'm going to say to Io, and I think it's very in line with what with what you're saying, is that you have to discover other things about yourself that aren't just your height. So that it, you are just not the short guy. You are the guy that is X, Y, and Z, and there's way more to you than just this height. And then what you're saying is that women are going to respond. Doesn't mean every woman is going to be into a man who is shorter uh, than she is, but a lot more women are going to be more open to it. The truth is, is that being short, it's not on a lot of women's list to date a short man or a man who is shorter than them. That's the honest truth. It's not like an appealing thing to a lot of women, but other things that you can be can override and overpower your height. I'm not trying to be a smart ass, but I really would look for girls that are really, really short just because then you'll seem tall. Look for a girl who's five foot, yeah. five foot one. It's really uh, all about perspective. I think so. I, you know, I agree with you. Yeah. I totally I mean, agree with you. Yeah, there's part of me that's like, ah, that's stupid and a dumb suggestion. But at the same time, everything's relative. So you're, you know, I don't know if there's any places online where it's like dateshortgirls.com or something like that. But I would just keep my eyes open more so short girls. Yeah, rather than, um, you know, try to just, I wouldn't waste my time so much with taller girls or girls who are taller than you because chances are it, it. might not work. I mean, you could, of course, take the chance, but I would put most of my energy toward that. And then also making jokes. Like I would, you know, be comfortable and silly about it. So if a girl is going to reach something at a store and it's on a really low shelf, just say, oh, let me get that for you. I can reach that or something. <laughs> that's hilarious. Oh, I like that. Yeah. I love that. would be awesome. That yeah. would be, that, see, that's actually really funny. I love that. All right, we're going to take a quick break. And then when we come back, we're going to answer more questions from our listeners. So stick around. 
if I'm going to be drowning in summertime, it's not going to be from credit card debt. It's going to be from my lack of ability to swim in a very rough ocean. Hopefully that doesn't happen either. But if you also don't want to drown in credit card debt, you should refinance with a credit card consolidation loan from Lightstream. Lightstream offers credit consolidation loans from 5.95% APR with auto pay. So you can spend more of your money on swim lessons so you don't have to drown in water or credit card debt. It's such an easy way to save money. You have no excuse not to do it. So just for our listeners, you can apply right now to get a special interest rate discount. The only way to get this discount is to go to lightstream.com slash askwomen. I'll spell it out for you. It's L-I-G-H-T-S-T-R-E-A-M dot com slash askwomen. Subject to credit approval. Rate includes 0.5% auto pay discount. Terms and conditions apply and offers are subject to change without notice. Visit lightstream.com slash askwomen for more information. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right, we are back. Okay, here is the next question. I'll try to keep this short since you don't like long emails. So on my delivery route, I would talk to this bartender at a restaurant on occasion whenever she wasn't busy. I'd do my best to chat her up since I only saw her once a week. One day she came in dressed all done up and looking great and I told her so. I said, you look really nice today. And I'll insert her name, uh, which she liked and got us talking and connecting even more. The following week, I'm ready to ask her out and get her number. When I find out she has a uh, falling out with a bar and no longer works there. I put on my creeper hat and managed to find her on Facebook. Question is, should I reach out to her, add her as a friend, or should I leave her alone and call it a missed opportunity? Nick. Hmm. Okay. What do you think, Lady? I think that, I mean, it really depends to any more, a little bit more detail about like how much they interacted, you know? Um, but I'm just going to base this off of what he said. And this is maybe the first time they interacted, yeah. maybe one or two times. I mean, I, I think he has nothing to lose and, and, and it doesn't matter. I think just friend requesters, see what happens, wait a couple days and then just pop a message and just say, Hey, how's it going? How are you? Or just something, you know, just to check in. I really don't think he has anything to lose. I think that a lot of times we get in our own heads and it can stop us from really getting a result that we ultimately may want and might, and the outcome may work in our favor. And if not, who cares? You know, it's not like you probably won't, you won't see her again. And she right, exactly. can either erase her from Facebook or she won't accept the phone request. I agree with you. Kristen, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I think there's nothing wrong with just, I agree absolutely with that Bologna. Just send a friend request. There's nothing to lose. And everyone, so many people do it. It's not like you'll be the weird guy who's like, oh, who's this? You know, it's not like people only send friend requests to the absolute closest inner circle of their lives. So he won't come across like he's trying too hard or too needy at all. It's a total normal thing to do. But even if he does, it doesn't really matter. If she doesn't respond, then she doesn't respond. He took the chance. It's better than just giving up and not. Absolutely. Doing anything, I yeah. think. So yeah, I, I'm in total agreement with you guys. Okay. You are talking to a girl via text. Things are going great within one day or two. She sends you a text saying, hey, just to let you know, I like to text people first for about two months and just see how things go. 
and how they are before going out on a date. Sounds like to me, you're going into the friend zone first, then it might go somewhere. What do you do? Play along and just text or try to possibly ask her out, but you already know from the text she sent you, she might, you might get shot down. Can't hurt to try though. Uh, thank you. Love your show. Love your videos, Marnie. Greg. Two months? Fuck that. I would just say we're going out or we're not going out at all. Yeah. I think so too. She has some, she has a hidden agenda. Yeah. Hidden agenda. Wait, explain that. I just feel like she's just has someone on the side or maybe she's married or maybe she doesn't live there. I mean, that's really odd. Two months of texting. Yeah. That's like saying you have to pay for clothes or something before you're even sure you want to buy them. Cause two months, that's like an investment of your time. Yes. You know, it's, that's a lot of time. So I would call her bluff and it would be maybe attractive. Maybe she'll say, F you, no, I'm not going out before then. Or you shake things up and you show her your assertiveness and you go out sooner and then you save yourself two months if you didn't like her on the date. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. It's so funny that you thought she would have an agenda. I just think that she has like, you know, issues and she's scared. Um, not that you have to battle through that at all. And I definitely wouldn't stick around for two months. So that's interesting. Okay. I, yeah. I mean, also it comes to culture too, you know, like that's a big thing too. There might be some like culture related things in regards to the two month thing. Yeah. Or I actually even just thought she was a fake person. Like somebody who doesn't want to get into really having a conversation on the phone, on the phone is not a real person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, you could say let's chat on the phone instead of text. So maybe we can move the process along faster because if we connect on the phone, then maybe we can only spend, or we'll only have to spend a month texting rather than two, you know, if we excavate it yeah. quickly. Well, it, it, is is there a way to combat that a little bit? Like, would a guy say, oh, that's funny. I also have a rule <laughs> that, that I only do X, Y, and Z. Like, so it, is yeah. there some sort of cute way to, to go back with that? Mm, I don't know if a cute way, I really just think there's a bunch of red flags and I would tell him just to tap out and move on and get another, and, and find another girl that's going to give him the intention that he deserves. I totally wants. agree. But if he were to go forward, I would say use a stupid line like, well, in two months, um, you know, I'm going to be unfortunately taken by cancer. So I just wanted to fit this in before <laughs> I hit the grave. Yeah. I've only got you know? two months left. We got we to gotta yeah. fit a lot in it. Yeah. Okay, I think that's cute. Oh God, I, that so <laughs> I mean, there's there are there's funny ways to because it is it's like a stupid comment to make. Like, who makes that? So you kind of do have to make light of it and just sort of crack a joke. And if it happens to crack her, then maybe something else can happen. Because I I think a lot of times it's like we talked about in our last show, Kristen. Like just with with women who say, "Oh, are you a player?" or "Oh, you must be dating a lot of women." It's it. it comes from a fear place, right? So maybe she's been online and she's gotten taken advantage of or she's been led on or whatever whatever it is. Like she's been used for sex. So I, she's trying to establish boundaries for herself um, that may be too extreme. And maybe saying something like that can just sort of knock her into reality to say like, okay, what the fuck am I doing? This is a great guy or this is a cool guy and he can joke around. Okay, I'm going to not break my rule, but maybe I don't have to be so harsh. So I, I'm just saying that, yes, sometimes you can just cut it off and say, this isn't the right person for me. But if you guys are having a good back and forth, and then a woman does throw these kinds of things in your face, you could push it a little bit and test it a little bit and just see if it's just a protective mechanism. Um, or if it's in reality, that's who she is. And if, if that is who she is, and she still doesn't fall after something a little bit light, then yeah, I would agree with Apollonia, just cut it off. 
your penis. Just c- cut your penis off and give your up. Pe- okay. Cut your penis off and stop being with women. I do actually want to bring something up. So last night, do you watch the show The Bold Type? Either of you? The Bold the Type? Bold no, show? Oh, it's really good. It's okay. I, it's on Hulu, but it's also um, on demand on DirecTV. It's like a totally girly show. My husband's totally into it and he'll watch it with me. So I love it. So we're watching this one episode and it's a, this show's about these three women who are like 26, 27. They live in New York. They're all having different experiences. One's a lesbian. Um, one is single. Anyway, it doesn't matter. But they work for this really uh, established, successful magazine that is for younger women. And there's this article that comes out in the New York Times that's written by a woman who talks about her dating life and how she felt very... Um, pushed into doing things that she didn't want to do with men. And in her article, she tells a story about this character, Jeff, and he's like a um, like a mix of a whole bunch of people that she's dated. And she talks about how, you know, they had gone back to her place and he was really pushy and aggressive and blah, blah, blah. So one of the people who write at the magazine is a man and he's friends with this writer and he takes her out for lunch and talks to her and he's like, great article. And she goes, oh, I thought you'd be totally insulted by the article. And he goes, why? And she goes, because Jeff is you. And he goes, what? Like, I, I, how, how was that me? We had a nice night. We had sex. Like, it was good. I didn't push you. I wasn't aggressive. That was not me at all. And she started giving these like these like little scenarios where she would say, oh, well, I'm, I'm really tired. I want to go to bed. And he would say, oh, no, stay up and have fun. We're having a good time. And so from her perspective, he was being very pushy towards her and to go after what he wanted. But from his perspective, he just saw that as sort of being playful and she could have said no at any time. Um, I know you guys haven't seen the show, so I hope I'm properly explaining it. But I I wanted to talk to both of you about whether you've been in situations with men where maybe they're, they're not being aggressive and pushy and like trying to assault you, but you've been in situations with men where maybe you weren't 100% clear on the fact that you didn't want anything to happen and did it anyway. And I I, I wanted to paint a bigger picture for men so that they can notice these signs and be more, like we talked about at the beginning of the show, more in tune um, with with the subtle things that women are trying to express. You, You know, I've been saying this lately and it sounds awful, but because rejecting someone is so hard or making things uncomfortable by saying no or putting out like a negative vibe of for that person it's so difficult for me to do because it's scary so i found this terrible this is terrible but it's almost easier for me to just go along with things when if someone's trying to kind of like kiss me or something than me turning them down because i don't feel like dealing with that uncomfortableness or that awkwardness so I'll kiss back or whatever, uh, even though I don't want to. And I and I think the signs, which is terrible, but the signs I give are so small that I wouldn't even expect them to see it. So I don't think, oh, they shouldn't be kissing me right now because they're, you know, getting this vibe that I don't want to. It's like, eh, it's kind of my fault, which is weird, but I just go along with it. It's just easier, which is fucked up. Well, and I- well, that's basically the scenario. That's that is pretty much what happened in this scenario between her and him. But afterwards, she saw it as him being very pushy and aggressive, and 
he didn't see it at all because he he wasn't aware that he was making her uncomfortable. And so it's I really just want to have an open discussion about this because I was saying to my husband when we were watching the episode last night, I was like, this this makes me so mad for men. Like not against men, but for men because it's not like this woman was writing an article saying like, if you see a woman doing these things, it means she doesn't want it. She was she was blaming them and putting them down for it. Um, and so like the the guy's re- first reaction was a little bit of anger and then he came around and he felt sorry that he had ever put her in that position. But so like I, I'm hearing everything that's, that Kristen is saying and I've done the same thing myself. And it is our responsibility to speak up. But is it also the man's responsibility to now ask for clarification? And is there a way to do that that doesn't really ruin the mood and still puts him in a position of being attractive? Yeah, I, I 100%. I think in regards to the, that blog that she wrote, I mean, a lot of times women don't, and I mean, just men too, but it's we're talking about women here, and I see it so much with the industry that we're in, is they don't take accountability for the subtle signs that they're giving, right? So um, a lot of times when there's women that will flat out say like, I want to go to sleep, go home, you know? And there's women that won't because a lot of times like, rejecting someone is also a form of confrontation. So confrontation is not always easy for everyone. Um, And I think with men in general, when they see themselves in this position or they're not sure and they kind of want to do what I call the time with what I tell my clients all the time right now in the day and age that we're living really is always ask, right? But ask in a way where it's more about I always say like, start off with the five things that I always talk about. Your sentences should always start off with the same five things. What, where, why, how, and when, right? Those are curiosity questions and articulate that in a way where you can check in with her to see what she really wants, right? Because women are great at giving these subtle signs and saying, oh, but I did tell you, but we indirectly told you, right? So if a man understands this, and almost all of them do, um, and ask those curiosity questions, I think that that will help. And then also too, is women are emotional. We we thrive off of a man that makes us feel something and feel secure. So with that said, like if he just says something as far as you know, if you feel uncomfortable at any moment, like I want you and creates a space to say this, like if you feel uncomfortable at any moment, I want you to tell me, I want you to pinch me. I want you to make up something where that woman can feel like, holy crap, he just gained control, right? He just told me in a way like what to do if I feel uncomfortable. So it makes the woman also feel safe to voice her opinion or voice something with that she just has a hard time saying, and also challenges her. So if this does happen in the future, he can come back and say, well, I did ask you, and this is how I did it. And it wasn't indirectly. Okay. Interesting. No, I love that. Well, do you think that we do that with other women? Like, I'm not talking about like a lesbian scenario. I'm talking about, I'm, I'm trying to think for myself. Like most often, I, I am narrating along the way whether or not if I'm with another woman in any scenario, I am constantly checking in. Like, do you think that we women expect men to know these things because we naturally do them? Like going back on, you know, the female brain and what we were talking about at the beginning of the show with 
us being more tapped into our intuition. Do you think that we think men understand because that's how we naturally act towards each other? I think so. Or is it really... Is it really a fear? Like, is it is it a fear of if hurting somebody, of sort of having to reject them? Like, is there a mix of other things? Of I don't want to say there's an ignorance there, but like, is there an is there an ignorance there for women because we understand each other on that different level and we assume men do, and then when we see a man sort of disregarding these little things that we're doing, is that why we put this big label of aggressor or pushy or like, is that, is that why we slap those labels on? Oh, it's a really hard question. I'm trying to think back to the one experience I had where I did talk about and talk about it on the show where I got really, really, really drunk and I was not into this guy. I went on a date with him, but I got really drunk, but we went, went out afterward. And so it was a social setting and he really like pushed me sexually and just at the bar, just grabbed me and started kissing me. And I wanted to like go away, but I was so drunk that I really just had no really control over it. I was more like, okay, this is what's happening. Um, But then even though I was drunk, I was trying to maybe like go away from him or start talking to someone else. And then he'd come up and kind of start kissing me again or pull my hand. And I just assumed, which is bad on my I just assumed he would get the hint because I was like walking away, going away. But then he might have read it as maybe she's being flirty or trying to be hard to get and we've been kissing. So I'm going to keep kissing her. And we did go out tonight. And, you know, and so I don't want to put a label on him as an aggressor. But, but in, at the same time, I didn't but did anything. You? No, no. Like I would never outwardly say he was an aggressor. But in my mind, I was like, I never want to go near him again. I don't feel safe around him. And not that I need to feel safe. I'm not like a safe space type. I just didn't feel that, you know, safe, you know, that what Apollonia just mentioned, I think about feeling safe with a man. He didn't create that feeling where I felt like safe in his arms or anything. He made me feel more kind of uncomfortable. And so in my mind, he's an aggressor, but in public, I would never be like, he assaulted me. I would just be like, okay, I'm never. Right, you gonna... wouldn't. You wouldn't say that to other no. people. You're, this is how you felt yeah. in that moment about yeah. him. That's interesting. That's really mm-hmm. interesting. Because I, I would say that I have similar experiences. I'm going back through people now, where I'm like, I don't want to be near this person right now because I they're they're too aggressive and pushy. But if I were to take the bird's eye view of it, it would look very different from from the other side because I could see how he'd be like, oh, okay, fine. She's like being coy with me and we're flirting with each other and she's making bantery lines and then walking away. For me, that for me that would mean, okay, I'm trying to get away from you. But for him, he could think it's part of the flirting dance. Anyway, I, I just wanted to have this discussion because it was it, it sort of, it's been bothering me after watching this episode just to like, to dissect it. A little it's bit. It's hard because I think you and I, Marnie, are more forgiving and a little more easygoing about it. Whereas there's other women who want to slap those labels on and say, you should know better. But I don't, I'm not um, condoning aggressive behavior. But at the same time, we are two different animals in a way where our brains receive information differently or interpret information differently. So there might not be an ill intent behind something. And I think intent is so important and we forget about intent. Like that guy's intent was to not hurt me or make me uncomfortable. So, you know, I would never blame him in any way or give him any labels. I mean, if someone was out to hurt me and make me uncomfortable, then, I, then I'd then throw the label on. 
So I think we need to look at intent yeah. just as much as we look at the action. I was going to say, have you ever had that happen to you? Yeah, I've had, I was going back to, um, on, you know, previous, like when I was dating back, uh, years ago. And I do remember situations like that as well. And I take the blame for that. Well, it's interesting because I see, I can see you as a very strong, outspoken woman. So you're even saying that you had situations like that. For sure. I a hundred percent think that almost a lot of women, I will, I can say like on a definitely more than 50% of women have been through this, these scenarios. I mean, there's three of us that have on the phone, no matter how strong or mm-hmm. what we do for a living. Um, you know, I think that there has been times that this has happened, but I also do think that women do do this off of the f- fear, you know, um, not being able to create or voice her standards because maybe she has a fear of being lonely and she just gives into this stuff. Mm-hmm. And there's different types of fears, you're right? I'm just kind of throwing that out there because that's one of the right. things that, you know, I've noticed too. And not being able to deal with confrontation well or being like, okay, in the situation, I remember when I was in the situation, my mind was like, well, maybe I do want this. Maybe I don't. And I was really confused at that time. So um, that's why I say like, pacing yourself is the ultimate thing a man can do to stay in control and also possibly not try to and find himself in this situation. Right. And also too, like if he feels like, cause men have intuition, right. And the intuition will show up when you really need it. And when you feel like something is off and she's creating mis- mixed signals, like literally ask. Um, and there's so much power in a man. How, being how would you ask? How would you ask? Like, am I making you feel uncomfortable? You keep walking away. Am I making you feel uncomfortable? I don't want to force you to do but anything. And is it that weird for the do. girl? Like, so, for me, if they said, Are you making me uncomfortable? Or am I making you uncomfortable? And even if they were, I'd be like, Oh, no, 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 you're fine, just to keep things kosher. So then what do they do? You know, when you have someone stupid like me reacting like that? <laughs> well, I'm like a coward, oh, no. really, is what it I, is. Yeah. Yeah. And then I think the one to blame is the girl, you know, I, I really do. And that's why, you, and that's why I like what I call the safe move. Like, even if it does escalate to the bedroom, um, I think it's really important for a guy just to really make a very aware decision, even if there's alcohol involved and say, I don't think this is the best time. I would like to get to know you on a different level. Right. Even though sometimes that can be hard. But if he is more, if he's scared of how the woman's reaction is going to be and what can happen afterwards, then it's time to just not have sex with her if she's completely drunk, you know? Right. Um, if you're getting that, that feeling. I agree. Right. Yeah. And I've, and I, and power to so many men because I've talked to so many men that have been in those situations and they were just like, Apollonia, I just tugged her in bed is, and I said, yeah, like, I can't so do that. so much better than, to, than just being like, oh, sweet. She's, open for business. I'm going to take advantage of it because she will remember in the morning and go, oh, that was gross. He should have just treated me like with a little more gentleness or respect. Exactly. Exactly. And one of the biggest ways, like I want to share something like my, my fiance now, the biggest reason why I chose him was because he created that safeness, right? There was a time when we were first dating and I mean, I'm like, oh, I like two sheets to the wall when I have like one glass of wine. Like I can't, I can't (laughs) even, I can't even keep up, you know? And so I think I had like three glasses of wine that night that we went out. And I remember that time where we were just starting to date and he even told me, he was like, listen, 
I can tell you're really tipsy and I don't want you to get the wrong impression of me. I'm really liking where this is going, but I'm not going home with you tonight. And I was just like, holy yeah, cow, that's, oh, mm-hmm. this guy that's has so standards. I want him yeah. even more. Yeah. So that is where you can, even though I say ask, you can also do like something tell. like that. Because that is the assertiveness that a power that a man holds that really can get women to be like, just literally crave you because they're like, holy crap, that's sexy. A hundred percent. Why does, why? Okay, so let's go back to the female brain. Why? Why is that so appealing to us? What does it say? Okay, so, yeah. (laughs) So I think a lot of it has to do with, okay, so if we, oh gosh, so if we go back to like, ancient times, like let's just go back centuries ago, right? So a lot of the times, like uh, when we go back, it's like in a woman, like we're inherited, okay, for us, because we are like a feminine energy. We have more feminine energy than we do masculine, right? I think, I know men and women have both traits, right? But as a feminine woman and in our feminine, feminine qualities, we like a man that can deliver and also can be what we call the quote unquote provider. And also it's inherited in us to pick a man that's going to not only make us feel safe, but also create a family with if that's something that we want, right? So even if it's not something we want, it's inherited in, in us to want that because we look as a feminine woman and experiencing feminine energy in that moment when we're choosing we are attracted to the dominance that a feminine it doesn't have and like that type of feminine role that we don't have when we're choosing. So the masculine has that dominance, right? So that's what attracts us because it's the yin and the yang, right? So in order for the yin and the yang to connect, the opposite sex has to meet us where we're not being met in our feminine. So it's more about like why it's so sexy is really about coming down to how that makes us feel because that's what women want. Like, I don't, it, there's no way to di- really, I don't think, dissect why we want this and why, you know, why we want this man to make us feel secure and why we want this man to make us feel safe. But this is what attracts us. Just sometimes like attracts, what attracts women to, um, men to, women to men is the nurturing component. The, the sexual component, how she keeps up with herself, you know, how she probably delivers in life and for the family, like how she shows up, how she's present with him, you know, um, how she can involve herself in his life to kind of help him with his goals and vice versa. So it's a nurturing aspect that men are attracted to. So I think it's really comes down to the yin and the yang and how you both contribute to each other's lives. And that's that. I love it. All right, that's one hundred percent agree. Yeah, me too. That's a perfect place to end our show. Apollonia, thank you so much for coming on to our show. Tell people how to get in touch with you and how to check out your YouTube channel. Thank you so much. Yeah, so my YouTube is Apollonia Ponte. I know it's a a little long winded, but it's A P O L L O N I A, and the last name is Ponte P O N T I. And also my website is Apollonia Ponte, and I have a lot of cool programs on there, um, as well as a very popular blog that I would encourage everyone to check out. <laughs> awesome. And Kristen, I... tell people how to work with you if they want to. Well. You can mail me a letter. I'm just kidding. That would be really weird. Um, if we lived then, I'd <laughs> actually correspond by mail. At 555, mm-hmm. no. You can go to my website, kristencarney.com slash dating help, or you can just hit me up on Instagram at Chris Karn, K-R-I-S-C-A-R-N. 
Yes, and I have been getting wonderful feedback on Kristen's banter guide. People are saying it's absolutely amazing. Um, I haven't gotten a ton of feedback in just yet because this is, this is recorded right after I released it. But so far, I've been hearing that people have been implementing what Kristen's been teaching and seeing seeing results so far. So I think it's it's amazing. I'm very happy that I finally pushed you to do this. So go check it out at wingrowmethod.com slash banter K and get your copy now. Uh, if you want to ask questions for overanalyze this, send them into ask at askwomenpodcast.com. And you can also download new episodes of our show every Thursday at 5 p.m. Pacific. And I also post them on YouTube on Friday. So go to youtube.com slash Marnie Kinris. And you guys are awesome. We'll see you next week. Thank you.